Hi everybody, welcome to Conversations with Kika. Today I'll be having conversations with Chika. Hey. We'll be exploring. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is gonna be a fun and a funny one also. It should be because you know I have anticipated this for a while. For quite a while. Okay. Kika. Yeah, so we'll, we'll be exploring the, the single mother's perspective and some of the challenges and we're kind of like recording this in the natural ambience. I so love it. Can you hear the cricket? Guys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we're literally under a tree. Yeah. This is like a um, children under the village square type of thing right now. Like I'm getting major so vibes. This is of, Tales by Moonlight. I, you know, that, that's what I was going for actually. Tales by Moonlight, yeah. Okay. Great. So nice to have you, Chika. I'm, I'm happy to, have, to be had. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me, Kika. All I'm right. excited. So, yeah. uh, as this is gonna be fun mm. and it might be an emotionally packed conversation Oof. because the topic we'll be exploring will be an emotional one mm. um, so from I, I think I'm I'm sort of jittery because Why? I don't know how to start <laughs> let's start from anywhere I, start from anywhere someplace yeah, yeah. I, I, okay so Let's start from the beginning. Yes, let's. What was it like for you when you found out you were pregnant? Okay, so I had just literally, I was 19 at the time, I remember. And this was in 2006. So I had just finished university. I okay. was working at the time. I was really young. I mean, I finished school really early, you yeah. know. I remember I was just I was nine years old in Genesis one, so I had a horrid childhood. Let me just yeah. provide some background context. I had a horrid childhood, so like if you saw me when I was young at nine, you probably think I was four, thirteen. Oh. I matured really early. I had the body of a, an older girl, and you know, I, I guess I would say I was blessed to be able to match up intellectually also with someone who was quite older. So I had a horrid childhood. Finished um, secondary school as at what? I, I literally went from GSS2 into like, sorry, SS2. Yeah. I wrote like Senior Wayek, I had um, the GC, the JAM, and I went into uni at 14. Oh, wow. Yes, I, I remember that my mom had to bribe, bribe her away for me to even get it. I was too young. <laughs> I was too young to be in uni, but you know, fast forward to graduation, I finished school, and then I was waiting to get my call up for NYSC. Mm -hmm. And I was working in a radio station at the time where my mom used to work before she passed away. Oh, um, yeah, thank you. So I was working at the time, you know, and then I have to say that this person that I got pregnant for, whatever, was my very first, oh, okay. you know. So before now, I had no experience whatsoever, you know, when it comes to relation, like proper relationships, okay. dating, yeah. and I was a green horn, literally, you know. So. Um, long and short story, I just, I didn't even know that I was pregnant because um, talking about my biological makeup, I, has, yeah. I happen to have primary dysmenorrhea. So it's like, it's like a condition where you have, an, you have um, a hormonal imbalance where okay. your menstrual cycle is all over the place, you know, so you can have your period once in three months, you can have your period um, twice in six, you know, like very random and very distorted. So I, I wasn't even checking, like usually I wouldn't check for or calculate or like have a calendar. When, whenever I saw it, I saw it, you know, that was it. <laughs> so I just remember that I was feeling funny, feeling sick. 
yeah. you know, while I was, you know, working, working, going to work from home, I, I we stayed in Suleri, I worked in Ikoi in FRCN. Um, and so I just remember feeling sick and I'm like, ah, I feel so sick. Mm -hmm. And my dad said, oh, go and see the family doctor, you know. And so I saw, I went to the doctors, they ran a couple of tests. And then I came back for my results and they're like, okay, you don't have malaria, you don't have typhoid, you have something else. I'm like, what do I have? I'm like, chica, what happened? You're pregnant. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like literally, and if anybody had told me that that would be me, that's not how the, my life was supposed to go. Yeah. I mean, I remember, I remember that when I was younger, I used to say to myself, my childish self used to say to myself, are you sure I'm not going to end up being a single mom? I happen to have seen a lot of bad marriages oh, I see. from a very young age, even even the, my parents, you know. So I just sometimes used to say to myself, you know what, I don't think I want to be married. This was when I was really young. I don't, I don't think I want to be married. I just want to have my kid and do my thing, you know, yeah. just be responsible for <laughs> running my own, you know, stuff and just being my own bot like just you know taking charge and doing things uh -huh. for myself and my kid and that's it i used to say that all the time when i was like what and i was like 10 11 12 just because of the bad experiences some of my uncles and you know how their marriages were falling apart mm -hmm. i just always used to say oh i want to be a single mom and so when that happened i'm like wait what the universe you know, was speaking to you yeah <laughs> i don't want to say that that's not the kind of universe i wanted you know it hit me like a joke because I knew that I had done stuff that can make yeah. anybody pregnant. I knew I had done that, but I didn't, I had no clue how those things worked, you know, if it was. And it was a one, like I said, my very first initial, my first boyfriend, it was a one-time thing and pow, that's it, here we are, you know, me pregnant at 19. So I, I guess it was a feeling of disbelief, confusion, and just trying to make sense of it. Mm. Like, how, like how, not how in terms of how did this happen, but from now on how is it what what out? like how where how do we proceed pretty much so i guess it was all of those emotions that came into play when i first got the news wow yeah but a very interesting thing okay. is i know this is gonna come as a surprise or i feel like i'm just trying to make the story sweet but from the very minute that i knew okay from the from the doctor's office I knew two things for a certainty. I knew that I was going to have that kid. Okay. At 19, I had no I had no clue even what I was what my mind was saying to me, what my conviction was saying to me, but this was my conviction. I will have this kid and it's a girl. Wow. From the doctor's office, literally. I just knew this everything else I didn't know. I didn't know anything else. How to break the news to my dad, how to, you know, how to like I hadn't no I had nothing else figured out except these two things. Which was weird at the time, you know, but yeah. Yeah, like th things happen. Uh, so, for me, life life is a lot more complex than the physical reality. So okay. things happen that we might not be able to explain, mm. all right? But they happen regardless. Right. So I I think that conviction you had, I think it's, it's something I'll attribute to one of those things. Mm. So, okay. while you're 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 saying your story, mm. one thing that kept hounding me in my mind is at nineteen. That couldn't have been easy for you, facing up to your parents, facing up to well-meaning relations, yeah. aunties, uncles. Yeah. Like, how oh did God. you handle all that? You're taking me back to years in my life, you know. But I, I, I even though there's a bit of emotions as I relieve the stories, yeah. I feel like as I relieve them, it just reminds me of how much strength I've been blessed with. Yeah. 
and how much I've come through to this point where I'm literally living now and to just see how much I've been blessed and nothing but gratitude fills my heart. In fact, I think it's more of gratitude beyond the emotions. Mm -hmm. I think I, I can talk about my story right now with a smiling face, even yeah. though there's emotion pouring into my heart. I can talk about it with a smiley face and just laugh through it. Okay. I couldn't do that at the time, but now I yeah. can. And the prevalent emotion is gratitude. Mm -hmm. So at the time when I found that I was pregnant, it was just my dad. My mom had passed away in 2003. Okay. Um, so and then I had I had a, you know I had aunties I had uncles aunties and uncles who weren't very present in my in my life in terms okay. of supporting us whether mentally or emotionally or even financially because my dad at the time wasn't working he had had, okay. he had an accident you know ten years before my, my mom's which and it was the accident that took my mom's life so my dad uh -huh. had an accident ten years before hers and that kind of you know left him incap incapacitated oh. yeah so. We didn't even get support from these family members, but they were present at that time. So, yeah, um, just to sum it up, it was hard. It was hard to break the news first to my dad. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm, I, I can't take away from that I'm a religious person. Mm -hmm. So I also have, like, a, a community of, you know, of um, Christian friends yeah, yeah. who also are family. So yeah. that also was hard. <sighs> I think that was one of the hardest parts because um, just being able to fess up to say this is what has happened, knowing that knowing that I had done something that that should have gone a different way, right. okay. you know, I should have gone a different path with it, in all honesty. But it has happened now. So the first hurdle was breaking that to my dad and it took everything in me to tell my dad, which I did. And of course, he didn't take it nicely at all. And then I had to go to some of my, you know, um, Christian friends and say, this is what has happened. And they were, funny enough, they were kind of really understanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They provided support. I mean, those are the helm of affairs, provided the right support that I needed at the time. So that was good from them. But from family, my dad was like flipping, like he flipped. <laughs> Literally. I remember my dad and I didn't speak after that time. We didn't speak for close to five years Whoa. yes we didn't speak for close to five years he said he wanted nothing to do with me or my child in fact I think I should leave that part out but he didn't want yeah he didn't want that so it was either I mean yeah. so whatever yeah. yeah so so yeah so there's that and then family at that time because I knew I felt like I had to I just needed to go away because it was too much for me to deal with in the same physical environment where I had lived and grown up in for the yeah. most part in Surulere. I had friends, people knew me, neighbors knew. I just had to go away. So now it was a case of, oh, where can I go, you know, and figure this out while I, so family members didn't want to take me in. They said, look, you made this mess, you know, figure out this mess on your own. Literally, nobody would take, my, none of, no family member literally would take me in. And then the father, should I say father? The, yeah, father. I, I, there's no bile in my heart. So the father of my child, you know, had said, oh, you know, this is all unexpected. We're not prepared. He was, he was, um, 
I was 19, he was like 27. So I think he was yeah, eight years older than I am. He yeah. was quite older Old, yeah. and should have had more maturity to handle the situation. But he said, no, that if I chose to go down this path, because like I told you, I'd already made up my mind. Right. I said, this is what I'm doing. So when he kept asking, so what do you want? I'm like, this is what, what else do people do? When people have kids, when people get pregnant, what do they, like, this is my mindset at the time. I didn't even understand the, the, the path the of the other, yeah. the abortion. I, I didn't understand. I, I didn't know. Because literally, I was, you would think that this girl was working, she looked like an adult, but I was literally young and naive, very naive. So I'm like, when people have kids, what do they do? We're going to have the kid now. And he's like, no, if you choose to tow this path, you're all on your own, literally. I'm wow. like, okay, deuces. And, you know, so from that time onward, it was more a case of friends, literally yeah. friends, a few friends coming to my rescue in terms of housing me, providing support helping me figure it out in terms of you know hospital visits yeah. baby shopping trying to figure out the finances having to go to to NYSC camp even with the pregnancy because I knew I needed the certificate like to get a job in Lagos at the yeah, time yeah. at that time you absolutely it's not it's not like now where you can find your way around it you have to have served if you want to get a, a decent enough job so I knew I had to get that so I could you know carry on with my life so I went to NYC camp with the pregnancy and nobody knew. Like, I didn't show till I was like seven months. Oh. I had a, like, I was really flat till like seven months. So I did every, I, I didn't want to stand out. I blended in, did everything everybody else was doing. I think I was four months at the time when I went for NYC camp. So I did everything, found, found a way to, so I was supposed to, um, Bini Kembi. I'd never been to the North before, then not, not even to Abuja. I found a way to sort myself out, come back to Lagos. I got a job teaching where I was earning like 10,000 naira a month Whoa. at that time. So I started to save up my my salary. I, I was living with a friend, so I didn't have to pay house rent. I started to save up. I was also doing jobs here and there because, you know, I have a background in like yeah. acting and stuff. So I would like, I found that in that, in during that moment, somehow people and things shifted uh, in my favor yeah like literally people and things shifted in my favor i remember that one time i went i used to go for lots of castings in between my teaching jobs i'll go for lots of castings and there was this casting i went for i think it was um i think it was mnet or something i was casting i went for that casting and they said oh you know we loved your delivery but you know at other time i'd begun to show, show. So they said, oh, but you know, you know, how do you, how soon are you, do you, okay, we'll take your number, we'll take your details, and then when you have her, we can have you come back. And literally, three days after, they're calling me to say, oh, look, we just got a new script and we need somebody who is actually pregnant. Because the storyline was supposed to be somebody pregnant living with, with HIV. Yeah. And voila, I got the job. It was so much money. The cast and crew were fantastic all through. I filmed for like two weeks or a month, to almost a month. I literally took care of me paid all my hospital bills while I was yeah so pretty much you know long story short I feel like even in my moments of adversity and great like trial somehow things just orchestrated themselves in a way where everything kind of a lot of things conspired in my favor yeah you know so that's why when I look back at all those times it's mostly gratitude because if you honestly even ask me how I did it, I can't say to you that there, I had a blueprint. So I had it. I never had it. I was just yeah, going yeah, as I. So. I was going literally as each day passed, you know. But so I'm super thankful, you know, to have gone through 
all of that and to be here today so family it wasn't so easy i had literally no support but i found family in friends right. who literally you know came to my rescue and just offered me a home a shoulder support you know everything i needed to move to continue to move each day i found them as the need arose so yeah yeah like the the thing about like one of the reasons why i wanted you to be one of the first people i spoke to while starting on this journey is because like i've had like you have to be asleep like in this world mm. to not realize that like people have sex all right mm. young boys young girls like it happens like the world is hyper sexualized so yeah. people do it and right. most times they do it from a place of no knowledge Mm. So and and why they do it from a place of no knowledge is because some of our cultural upbringing and our religious upbringing. So you see a situation whereby, like it's been drummed into your head that it's a sin. Yeah. All right. So you don't go premeditated to commit a sin. Mm -mm. All right. So you just let it happen. So instances just happen. So you might find out that when it happens, either the guy and the girl they don't have any sense of protection. Sort of. Mm. So before you know, it turns into something else. Mm. Then. I know we're trying this day and age with, with sexual education and sensitization, but mm. it does happen. Now, the part where the society vilifies people that become pregnant out of it yeah. creates a system where you see um, abortion on the, ab like, not necessarily mm. abortion, but hidden abortion. Right, the uh, dangerous kind. Kind. So mm. I know a friend, we grew up together on the same street she literally died from hidden abortion and the story i heard was they used a hanger or something oh to get the baby out oh and that is because of the stigma mm. the stigma does more harm than good because the society creates an environment where it makes it difficult for young girls that are pregnant to express themselves you make them feel that when they have a child that their life is over mm. So you create a negative feedback loop where people will find ways to get rid of the children. Yeah. But you're talking about life. You're talking about people that could be born with gifts. You're talking about people that could, could impact the societies in ways that we don't see. So that is one of the reasons why I, wanna, I wanted to have these conversations with you because like, I pretty much admire you. I admire a lot of women in my life because Aww. I knew a lot of strong and resilient women. Mm. And I pretty much admire you because of the energy. The, like, like you, you get the work done mm. and you have a teenage daughter. And you started when you were still a teenager. Mm. So it's, for me, it's, like it's a story that I, I want to get out there because there will be a lot of young girls that will find themselves in situations like this. Not necessarily because they are bad people, not necessarily yeah. because they lack home training, not necessarily because they don't know the right thing, mm. but we are humans. Yes, we make fallible humans, absolutely. E exactly, we mm -hmm. make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And those decisions, those decisions we make, not in our best state, shouldn't define or the entirety of our lives, of our lives. trajectory of trajectory our lives. lives. So you, you can't just say, oh, because oh, I'm a girl at 17 or, or 18, I, I had I had sex with a boy, it was unprotected and I got pregnant. It doesn't mean my agency as a person disappeared. Mm. It doesn't mean I don't deserve love from my family. It doesn't mean I don't True. deserve love from my community. True, but also I guess 
just to play devil's advocate i believe it's uh, it's a case of you know generational you know inheritance so our parents i guess they didn't know any better yeah because you know i, I mean my dad for instance i i'm sure that the prevailing you know attitude at, at, during his time to things like that is the same reaction that he is now he now at that time passed on to me because he didn't know any better a lot of our parents you know, went through these traumas themselves. You know, it's just that a lot of times our parents' stories are buried. Yeah. You know, because our parents are not very expressive. True. You know, so I'm sure the things that happen to a lot of us now ha did happen. Our parents are not aliens. Um, teenage pregnancies happened in their time and even in the times before theirs. But, you know, so it's the same level of tra the traumas that they had to deal with. Mm -hmm. They passed on to us. And so I guess the, 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 the work now lies with us to do better in terms of, you know, being able to, from, from a human eye, look at the person standing right next to us and say, this could easily have been me. Mm -hmm. I mean, you cannot be on a lofty high horse and say, oh, this person has sinned. And so because they sin differently, Mm -hmm. they should just be tossed aside to the wolves mm -hmm. you know I, I i guess that we can now begin to with compassion you know look upon our children look upon other people our partners even when they err and say make me understand you know walk yeah. me through walk me through your peculiar set of circumstances just so i can like do it from a humane place yeah. not to say that what is wrong is right or what is right is wrong but yeah. just to be able to put yourself for a moment, even if you probably could not put yourself for a moment in someone's, you know, shoes, and you probably couldn't walk a mile in the shoes, but just to be able to understand from a place of empathy, I feel like the onus is now on us to do differently in terms of how we are able to connect with our children or with those around us, sure. and yeah, just be more humane. Yeah, and, and and that's and that's great, and and the thing is, consciously, mm. all right, the thing I, I think is consciously we think we're better people. No, not. We're just as damaged. <laughs> yeah. We're damaged goods. <laughs> so, no. So, this work, this work, some of the workness that we do is not, there's nothing, there's no work. Exactly. So, some, like, I was. It's, it's a very varied version of damaged goods. Exactly. So, sometimes you think, oh, and, and, and sometimes you think, well, I don't want to make the same mistakes as my parents and all that. But you see, people don't go through that introspection. You don't understand why your parents made those mistakes. What are the prevailing circumstances that made them make that decisions? Then how how am I navigating my life that will end up like I'll end up the same way that mm. it did? So we never know we are like our parents yes. until we get to that point and we start acting the way they, they did. Yes. All right. So like, so that's one of the reasons why I started this 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 conversation series like to just talk to people like to get it to people's conscious mind like to bring it to the conscious level of people right. like you act you actually have to actively think about these things to make decisions differently mm. and it's not necessarily thinking about them and acting like you need to have a feedback loop where you say okay i made this decision where was i coming from was this what i intended to do all right and okay i want to do better this way then when you create that feedback loop it actually makes you a better person you don't instantaneously, what I've observed as human is, you don't instantaneously make the best decisions most times. True. Like, it's an iterative process. Like, you have to um, kind of like critique yourself. Oh, I did this. Oh, and you find out that 
what you think your response to something would be is not what it is. And it takes a great level of humility to be able to do that because we lie to us. I think that we lie, sometimes we lie to ourselves. You know, it's okay for you to put out the rafter in somebody else's eye and say, oh, this rafter is filthy and dirty. But you, it's so easy to say somebody else is toxic, but you are toxic. And can you really look yourself in the eye and say, oh, Chica, I am toxic. If I, if I did this, 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 if I've continued the sequence of doing this all the time, maybe the problem is me. Maybe yeah. it's not my partner. Maybe it's not my parents. Maybe it's actually, I, or I have a fair share as well mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of toxicity. You know, so being, being able to do that in introspective thing, you have to, it takes an extreme level of honesty and humility True. to be able to achieve that. Yeah. And, 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 and that's, that's right. That is my view also. Now, back, back to the, I think mm. we've done something. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I think this conversation would go, would go always. We'll always have to bring you back, bring you back. Yeah. So, we've mm. done some philosophizing. So like yeah. back to, so I want to capture your experience as a single mother especially um i think that i i, I haven't had a child yet mm. i haven't been pregnant before well you could try out those new devices that you know helps you test out the the, the pregnancy pangs uh, of labor those devices that we see on all those uh, memes all those uh, funny uh, videos yeah, yeah. where they put like a, a they plug a device to the men and say this is you Ooh, know this is you, you haven't seen those videos i haven't Oh wait, it was a big thing on social media where they put the the plug a device that actually injects into your body the same level of pain that we feel when we go to. Uh, you no, need to I, see. I'm you need to have seen this man. I'm definitely gonna pass out if oh I if I try it out. Oh so I, I'm thinking like like the kind of like the toughest part mm. of of the child of of being pregnant would probably be like in your. Your, the last period, like the eight, nine months where you have to, where you had to give birth to the child? Mm. So. I guess I would say that the toughest part when it comes to being the pregnancy itself, not, okay. not mothering or being a parent, right. pregnancy itself, I think it was a labor part. Because oh. for the nine months, I nothing. I wasn't I had no morning sickness. I wasn't vomiting. I was working. Oh. I was bending down to do my regular chores. Nothing of the sort. Like I wouldn't want anybody doing anything for me. I was doing. I was teaching. I, I was a yeah. teacher. So I would stand for hours and end. So sometimes, sometimes my back would hurt, and I'll just sit for a while, and, and I'll be okay. And so, some mornings it'll be hard to get up. You know, some mornings I'll be so energetic. I would cook. I would clean. I would do you know do all my. Some mornings I would have to struggle. You know, to get up, but once I'm up, I'm up. No vomiting, no nausea, nothing of the sort. I always would have my pepper in my purse, though. Like, that's oh, the okay. one thing, like, I, you could never take it from me. Granted, red pepper, it always has to stay with me so that I can always right. just, I don't know, it's just, you know, every pregnant, every pregnancy has its own. You, have, you crave something, yeah, something you always have to have. Yes, or sometimes you're based on me, yes, granted pepper. <laughs> I always had to, you cannot take that away from me, granted pepper in my purse, like, just in a very it. nice small container, yeah. But aside that, I had, a, I had a pretty smooth, um pregnancy but the labor part was the hard oh my goodness oh. it was the hard part because my daughter was going into 10 months they had given me an easy date and it was yeah. past the date i was restless because of course you know yeah. my tummy had come down i just wanted her to come out and then part of me was worried like is she okay you know seeing that the, the date they had given to me had you know long got had long it had long gone, so I would go from time to time to the hospital and say, she's not coming, she's not coming. I'm not feeling. They had told me what to expect, yeah. you know, for labor signs, what, are, you know, cramps should come, this should happen, nothing, nothing, crickets. I'm like, wait, what's going on? So, you know, um, eventually she didn't want to come, and I'm like, you know what, let's do, let's just get her out. I don't care how you guys do it, I'm done. One day I took my bag, went up to say, today we're, we're getting her out. And they're like, wait, madam, that's not how this works. You know, so they induced me. I remember I was induced first with tablets. Oh, Induction is just, you know, 
to trigger, to trigger the labor tr process, you know. More like an hormonal. Is yes, okay. yes. So they like in, 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 induce you with tablets and stuff. That didn't work twice. They tried mm. that twice. It didn't work. Um, I started to feel cramps, but nothing after like three, four days again. And so after the second induction with tablets, they now in, induced me with injections. It still didn't work. Oh. And then that's when I started to feel that something was wrong. And so I went to the hospital to complain again. I said, you know what, just lay down and we'll induce you with drips. Mm. That was the one. That was the one that did me in. <laughs> ah, you know, so I, they induced me with drips and like literally I saw my life flash right before my eyes. Did like you see Jesus? <laughs> 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 like literally the worst pain. The I cannot describe to you the amount of pain I was in for two days. I was in labor uh, for two days. Whoa. I didn't eat, didn't drink, nothing. So they had induced me with drips and when the drips kicked in, I think it was intravenous, yes, mm -hmm. through my veins. I literally, because of pain, started to pull the locks because I had locks at the time. Oof. I started to pull the locks from my head with Ow. my hair in just trying to contain or express the pain that I was feeling. You know, so eventually I had to cut my entire hair after you know, childbirth. So I was in labor for two days. So the worst kind of pain, I cannot tell you. Like, so I, that's why I said I feel like that's my hardest part. Eventually, the water broke. She still wasn't coming out as quickly as she could, so they just had to tear me up, you know, tear me up real good and e literally extract her, you Whoa. know, from me. Apparently, she wasn't lying in, a, in the right fetal position, so that's why, you know, all those complications happened, you know. So I guess that was the hardest part. And then after that part, you know, the healing process, the healing of the stitches, all the things you have to do sit on hot water, sit on like stuff like what was sitting on, on concrete yeah. or like a wooden so that it can heal and then you know you would go in between your bowels being loose to constipation eventually I had constipation eventually my stitches tore Ooh. like I like the healing the pre, the labor and the healing process the first two three months were the hardest part I lost so much weight I was I was in so much pain even post um, pregnancy so much physical pain you know, yeah, but after, yeah, th th that was the hardest part. After that time, of course, you know, you know, breastfeeding, staying up late at night, adjusting to the whole new sleep cycle, and then having to do that. Because I, 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 I had now moved it out from my friend's place okay. towards the time when I got like six to seven months pregnant. I had saved up some money, so I got my own place, started to buy my baby things, and I was not living by myself. Sure. Uh -huh. But when I gave birth, you know, it just dawned on me that I couldn't do this all alone. So my auntie, my, my mommy's um, brother's wife said, oh, come and stay with us. And I stayed with them for like, I think a couple of months, and then eventually I had to leave because family stuff yeah. so yeah so I, I got a little support at, just a little support at that time I would still have to do everything for myself but now I had a place to stay under the watchful eyes of yeah. family you know but that was just for a short while eventually I, after the, like in the third month of her being three months old I had to go back to my own home and just continue my life so wow. yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know yeah. i know I, I i was having a conversation with a friend yeah all right so she was she was talking about her experience in terms of the i think the one they tear up is cesarean right oh yeah yes so they tear your stomach up yeah but yeah. i the, the tear i got I, I had a normal child delivery okay. but the tear i got was from my oh okay yeah uh, oh okay that's the yeah man i got a tear in my vagina literally like 
you know the the external side. So not not oh, okay, the not, not the cesarean one. I had a normal. Child. Oh yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> right uh, it's it's important that we put these things sometimes we, we say these things as they are because i've heard of men you know just sometimes men take it for granted oh yeah you know what women have to go through but I i've know. heard often that when sometimes when men get into the labor room with their wives and they see the whole thing the i hear that out. some of them even pass. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure i am one of i can i can guarantee it oh, right now that, that i'm going to pass it out. is crazy so like and thing is the pain i i hear a lot of women go through trauma like is it post-traumatic stress uh, and even depression yeah ptsd yeah i i don't think i have that you know uh, before now everybody would say oh you know no matter how much pain you go through as soon as you, they bring your child to you all your pains fade away and i'm like okay so i, I, I was waiting <laughs> to have that moment. i didn't have that moment they Boy. brought her i'm like okay I was weak, of course. I'm like, yeah. okay, this is her face. This is what she looks like. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But I was just in so much pain to even properly acknowledge this yeah. life that I had just... It was all like a dream. Yeah. And then I was... It was hazy for me because I was in so much pain. And then right after, you know, after they have they bring out the baby, they have to bring out the placenta. And the placenta didn't even, they didn't even want to come out. So they had to forcefully extricate it and they start to stitch you up. Oh. All in the same, all in the days, all in the, all, all in, in the, the days, days job, work. all in the days work. <laughs> oh my goodness. So it's like, it's a whole lot of things going on, at, you know. So the appreciation that you, you, most parents, most moms say you have, oh my, I didn't yeah, have that. Yeah. It's not like I hated the child. It's, it's, it, it, it wasn't a case of take her away from me. I don't want her. Yeah, I, I guess I carried her for a little bit, but I was just too weak. I yeah, was in so, so much, much pain. pain. Lost blood and all yeah. that. Yeah, so, but even after the first few days, I still carried her, breastfed her, I would look into her eyes. It was, you know, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It was just new, you know, having having a little tiny thing in your arms and, you know, you know how the breastfeeding moment is a bonding moment where the child yeah. is looking. Maybe back then, kids wouldn't open their eyes, say, the first day that you give birth to them. Now they do. Uh, but some kids watches. open their eyes the first day. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but as soon as she could open her eyes, she would look at me, I would look back at her. It was, that was one of the most beautiful, I guess when, when mothers say, oh, when you see your child, you know, everything goes away. Those were the moments that I treasured in between the moments of pain. But the pain was there, the struggle was there. Having your bath as a chore, as a nightmare, you're bleeding like continuously. Oh. Uh, that, all of that was real, not imaginary. It's real and the presence of a child doesn't take that away. But you know, as each day passes, you get stronger, you heal. And then you, you know, yeah, it, I don't know, like it just comes together eventually. Yeah, like, man, like mm. lis listening to, like listening to you talk about your experience, like it takes, like it takes away this feel of, um, you know, like we kind of like romanticize the whole process. Uh, heavily. I, I, and part of what this conversation. And it's most women that romance, sadly, it's women ourselves who romanticize this whole. Why do we do that? I don't know. I honestly don't know, you know, why we do that. Like. For me, like this. Maybe it's just to give women hope, <laughs> and not to like you know make them so s s super scared, you know, just to just not to petrify them. I don't know, but I feel like if I if I know exactly what it is, I'll be better prepared for it. Yeah. You know, so tell me as it is. I rather you tell me as it is. Don't don't paint pictures. Yeah, don't paint pictures. For yeah, me. yeah, exactly. Like that the the concept of being better prepared actually helps. Like you can never be a hundred percent prepared right. until you go through into it. it. Yes. But having that the psychological state that says okay this thing is not 
uh, it's painful. It's it. not sweet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like right. p- part of this journey for me so far in this conversation, like it's been an eye opener, right. and I'm, I'm I'm trying to have this conversation as honest as possible, mm. as open and sincere as possible, and let people just tell. Don't get me story. wrong. Some people say they have really easy. You know, it's it's different. It varies oh, from yeah. person to person. Some people will tell you they walk into labor two hours, they have their babies, they're back to back home the same day, going about their. Yeah, some people just have yeah, it. Yeah, like the last, um, the last um, couple I had, the lady, mm. like she pretty much had the same story for her first two kids. Mm. Like it was pretty smooth and seamless, wow. no a lot of complications. But the third one, yeah, I, I get that. But what I'm saying is, most times we hear a lot of the good stuff. Mm. All right. Mm. So reality is more balanced, is more nuanced than that. There's the good side, there's the bad side, right. there's the difficult days, there's the, there's the good days. Mm-hmm. So when you have like a complete spectrum of of, okay, Event. this is what is what. Mm-hmm. Then you're you're better prepared for it. I agree. And Absolutely. Uh, like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. So, right. No, I, it's it, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. Yeah. And for 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 me, like not not necessarily like some of what I've observed is sometimes now not a lot of women have supportive spouse. All right. Mm. So in some cases, you have women that are married to men that really don't care. Or they are not they are not supportive but you actually find instances where women actually have supportive spouse mm. where you know at that point you are sort of like emotionally vulnerable you are not strong and for the most part like being a mother for the first time you're largely inexperienced yes. no matter what you've heard no matter True. what you've read there'll be there'll be cases of fear of oh am i doing this right, right and thing, all that yeah. so sometimes when you have a partner that kind of like is there it takes away some of those emotional baggage from from, from the other party yeah. and listening to your story and you did it all by yourself literally all literally all by myself but you know what to be honest i i, I don't think it would be proper or right i couldn't i couldn't take the credits I couldn't take the credit for myself because like I said before if you asked me if you ask me even to this day how I did all of that I can't tell you for a fact how I did it so I know very much that my father my heavenly when I say father my heavenly father was there with me every step of the way I cannot take it would be it would be really dumb of me to say oh I did that all by myself you know I in all of those moments I cannot say to you that there was a moment where I didn't feel his loving presence Mm. or you know, embrace around me. You know, the fact that I was able to go through all of that and still accomplish some of the things I did, I know for a fact, without being told, that his support was endless. He was a pillar all through that time, and so I honestly can say that with God's support and strength that He that He bestowed upon me, I was able to go through all of that, and that's just my honest truth. And um, Amen. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So, so, Fact. Period. You know. So, like, how how did you how, like? See, like, I'm trying to articulate my thoughts properly. Okay. Like, you literally went from being a child. Well, maybe not a child. Maybe maybe a teenager. Yeah. In my vocabulary, you pretty much experienced about life. Yeah. Like, like the transition for you it was quick or was very quick you now like in, in situations that you have actually people go through the mental process of okay uh i want to have a child like i mm. i strongly believe mm. that most people their notion of having a child is i want to have a child that's mm. it like the psychological preparation 
the physiological preparation, the adjusting your lifestyle, the adjusting your habits, the being the optimal self that mm. gives you the privilege to actually raise somebody. Like not a lot of people go through that process. Yeah. All right. So we have an idea of either want to get married and you know that part of the getting married is having a child mm. alright it mm. stops at that level for most people yeah. alright but you going from it's like from 0 to 100 real, real quick, quick. And I agree. You, you didn't have that moment where even if you thought about having a child it wasn't passing it wasn't something yeah. serious it wasn't yeah. something that was had, at the top 10 yes. when, when your considerations and all that but you just went from 0 to 100 like, was there like what was the psychological shift like so because like as mm. I, i'm going to imagine like from the day you you heard you were pregnant there were probably pangs and anxieties and stuff then you kind of like, which was of coping through it yeah. but I'm, I'm thinking as 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 the pregnancy date drew, drew closer, closer like it, be, it began to dawn on you yeah. and when yeah. you actually had the child and you actually took her home yeah. like it was a different experience like how was the how was the psychological shift for you mm. like the mental shift like how was how was that process i'm having to go through a time lapse to just literally put myself immerse myself back in those moments so that i can answer very honestly and with authenticity um so i won't you know how sometimes certain roles prepare you in small ways yeah for bigger roles um growing up i was the only girl in my family not that this is uh, this absolutely explains or puts into context why i was able to become a mother at 19 but just to lend credence to some of the things that i say um i was the only girl in family of four so there's like three boys and a girl i remember at that time my mom used to travel for work a lot you know i told you my dad was incapacitated at the time so my mom would travel to other states out of state for work and she would leave literally the upkeeping the up the caring for the for the home to me so i would you know take care of the funds the cooking the meals the planning everything you know fell literally to me and this was as far back as when i was nine Mm. you know which was when i was in just as one my mom used to travel a lot even at that time when i was nine so i would cook i would do the market runs i would clean i would you know because we lived in a time where there were gender roles let's not even play my brothers never cooked yeah you know except for a few times like i can count on one (laughs) finger how many times they cooked you know they did the ironing but i would do the laundry yeah so i i all of those things and i was a really hard worker even when my mom had an accident where you know she didn't die immediately like she she took her six months she broke her spinal cord so every morning i would have to do hospital runs from sulere to um to 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 yaba where she was you know to luth so i would do that that once even sometimes twice a day yeah. back and forth back and forth make meals bathe her clean her up like because luth they won't do anything for you so i was doing all of that and still doing my regular chores at home i say that to say that to some extent i feel like i already yeah. played a huge motherly role you're already an adult was a child yes when i say i had a rushed rushed childhood and i i literally was mothering even at that time though not in this capacity of being an actual biological mom but i was already mothering so to to an extent i feel like that took care of the part where i would have to you know deal with you know um physical tasks Mm -hmm. in terms of the mental and the psychological um i guess i guess one of the things that helped me also was i had a friend who had just become a new mom at the at that time okay. the, the woman the lady i said um, took me into her, her home mm-hmm. had just had a baby her baby is literally i think a year older than my daughter so just oh, like okay. less than a year 
So a lot of nurturing and mentoring came from her in mm -hmm. terms of what to expect. Not the things you read in books or the things yeah. that, having somebody up close tell you this, that. If I feel this, you say, oh, is this the, how, how does it feel? It's most likely this. Having somebody to guide you in that way, even because I didn't have a mom, I didn't have any aunties in my life. That was a good grounding that I got as well. Yeah. But everything else, I have to be honest, in terms of being mentally and psychologically prepared for the role, I think happened in real time, honestly. Aside, the only thing that I know that stayed constant was my unflinching resolve, like I said before, knowing that I would have this child and I would do everything in my best, everything in my powers to ensure that I, I, I was able to do everything that comes with being a mother. Yeah. The sacrifices that I have to make, the work that I have to put in, juggling roles or juggling, because now I knew I had to be a dad and a mom. Like, I just yeah. told myself, I don't know how, but this one I am going to do. If it takes me, if it kills me, mm -hmm. I will do it. And so that's, I think this is one of the things that lends credence to the power of the mind. I, mm -hmm. like, I don't think there's anything else. I, I can tell you that I went for courses or that I had the very best hospitals where they even had like, you know, you have like um, 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 pre, uh, pre whatever, pre-pregnancy pre classes. I, 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 I didn't have money to do all those fancy hospitals. Like I literally had um, a midwife, you know, birth my child, you know. So everything oh. I learned or everything that prepared me, like I've, I've just been honest, is the, you know, the things I probably learned from this friend of mine, certain things I had heard from people here and there and then things that I had just said to psych myself up to say mm -hmm. this is I'm going to do it and then I just do it as I go you know so I I honestly know for a fact that the mind is one of the most is the greatest resource there is to man and mm -hmm. it is absolutely unbelievable the things that can be achieved if the mind is in you know, you know if the mind if the mind concurs or if the mind is you know is fiercely Razor shop. Resolve to do one thing. Mm. It's it's unbelievable what what can be achieved. You know, like so, like some of the things you've just you've you've said, like two things just keep standing out to me, mm. like valuable friend, and and having the right mental attitude. Mm. So nicely summed up. Yes. So to. and I'm I'm thinking if if we're going to kind of like. Have like a general statement for somebody out there that mm. might go through this or is going through what you what you've been through mm. all right it's important that the person has the right mental attitude absolutely because the society might not give you you mm -mm. won't might not give you anything. i think it might even be easier now because we live in a more what should yeah. i say the world is getting forgiving. more modernized, yes. <laughs> standards have kind of, I don't even say standards. You know, things are, I feel like there's a laser fair, yeah. you know, attitude right now in terms of people being willing to condone certain things right now. So you might not meet with as much hostility as yeah. we did back in our time, you know. But just in terms of, there is also a very selfish, meist attitude in the world today. So yeah. anybody who's going, who's going to go through anything like this will have to be extra resolved to look out for themselves, themselves yeah. the support you think you might get from friends or from, you just might not get it everybody is 
some people are, like life is hard so i understand that everybody is dealing with this stuff but we live in a world where really some people make the mistake of you know saying self-love we self-love is different from you know just being a selfish human being and that's what we that's what i see yeah. a lot of times today people will not go out of their way to do anything for anybody they will lift a finger for you in the name of self-love so if you're going to go through something like that you have to t be honest like keep your expectations really right. low and then be more willing to come through for yourself. True. You know? Like, okay, the thing you, you said that I, I might not completely agree with. Okay. All right, is, is that we live in a laissez faire sort of, sort of society. Like, yeah. especially coming from Africa and Nigeria. Mm. Okay, like, there's this concept, like, with the prevalence of social media that I see a lot, mm. you see public lies, private truth. Am I right? So, you, you see instances where people project what they are not. True. online True. so if you're going by social consensus on what people say on social media or what mm. people type about or what they talk about or what they repost mm. you would think okay this person feels this way but if you meet them up close if mm. they were your cousins if they were your brothers if mm. they were your sisters reality face to face they still hold some of those orthodox beliefs that were in well, in uh, what's it called ingrained, that ingrained from the parents and all true. that this is true but i just i just like even i'm just thinking about it even from within close parameters of, of myself if i as a mom if my kid was to come to me today and say mom i'm pregnant i know it would break me literally it would break mm -hmm. me so much but i know for a fact that i don't know like it wouldn't be have let's say how do i say this I know that right now parents are like even take for instance even when it comes to you know kids being able to choose for themselves what they want to do yeah. for work or for career mm -hmm. right now a lot of kids are becoming social media you know content creators and their parents are aware and even joining them in the, in the, in the thing yeah. parents are, kids will say i want to be a music music artist and bonner boy his mom is the manager in, yeah. a, in, in our time you will not you, you, you cannot they don't burn you well <laughs> you can't so that's these are the things i mean when i say i feel like it has softened down a bit. Yeah, I understand what yeah. you say about people projecting things that are not true, you know, but because we all want to look like nobody wants to be the, 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 the what you might call it, the standout fish. Yeah. Yes, I know, but I feel like it's gotten better compared to the 80s, Fair compared enough. to the early 90s. Fair I feel enough. like it's, you know, so yeah. anybody who's going through that now, you might meet with the hostility here and there, but to be honest, everybody is focused on even their own grind and hustle. People might not even give you so much time of day. And you know, these days, something is news today. In the next two hours, another bigger news has taken over. <laughs> so if they put now uh, one lady, celebrity, is, she's a single mom, she has gotten pregnant. Yes, it will make news for a bit. Before you know it, a bigger news has... And everybody has even forgotten. Like, they, True. we live in a microwave world. So I feel like your, your issue is probably the least of people's concerns. <laughs> people will keep it moving. True, bigger true. things will take over and that's how it keeps going so i feel like they would during our time if a girl gets pregnant in your street that might be the talk of the street for the <laughs> next one month now <laughs> but now okay you go yes after that one happened the next three hours something bigger has happened and people have even forgotten that you even you know so yeah true. so so like i i think then okay like so from what you're saying and, mm. and, and thinking about it so then you had a you had a situation where the society was closed so when things like that happen, it creates go it, yeah, it creates it goes around and it kind of like ostracizes you. Yeah. Now the society is distant. So when things Everybody's like that, everybody just you're you're literally your own. Everybody, like, like, literally, is so everybody's doing their own thing. So, so yeah. So the another part of the string I, I, I'd like to pull out mm. is is the part like you mentioned the lady that helped you. Yeah. And all that. 
So like Linda is her name. Linda. Okay. Yeah, she's married now with two kids. Linda, in case you ever listen to this, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. I love <laughs> you always. <laughs> so so like um, for me, like it sends it sends a clear message to me. Mm. Alright. Now not everybody will be open. Not everybody would will be able to drop the judgmental aspect of their life. Alright. Mm. But like if you're listening to this, like you could be that one person that makes a difference in the life of somebody else. Sure. You could be that one true friend. You could be that one person that that drops the judgment. Mm. That just sees somebody in need and helps the person. True, and, and we all need that at some point in our lives. At one point in time, or in our lives, we all need that one person who just holds us down. Yeah. Even when we've been shit, even when we've forget this scenario, when we've done shitty things, yeah. and the person says, "I choose to see the good, good. Yeah. in you," I choose to hold on to the good moments that we have had, even if you've wronged me in this way, or even if you you've fallen short. I see good, and I choose to stick with the good. We all need that because yep. we all we all mess up every now and then. We do, you know. So yeah. And and being that person is not easy. So not to romanticize it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> right. It's not by any stretch of the imagination easy at all. Yeah. But it is necessary. Sure, it's important. Yeah. Like the world is becoming hyper connected, and we're becoming hyper distant. At the so same time. So you see a lot of people on their phone chatting. But they don't have, have physical conversations. conversations. Like yes, you know. without the TVs and the Netflixes and all that. Yes, and like I, even this thing that we had. I don't remember the last time. Forget that we we were we were recording this. Yeah, I don't remember the last time that I and a friend just sat down. Forget, I know it's a podcast, but you and I yeah. are really literally just having conversation. Yeah. On the, I, I haven't done this in what? <laughs> I haven't. Me neither. I haven't done this in a while, honestly. So yes, yes, I agree. Hyper connected, hyper distant. So true. Wow, like. This conversation so far has been has been great, and right. I kind of like it, it's crazy what happens at, at night. <laughs> I know <laughs> it's the timing that Lagos Lagos life Lagos also life allowed us to do it all. I, mm-hmm. I'll tell you so, and for me, like it creates like the natural amb- ambience where I it kind of like allows you to. So for me, this feels like very natural. It, right. feels, it feels very good. So I agree. I agree. So I think I'm going. to Usually I don't do this mm. because I just want it to be people telling their story. Right. Or, but I, I, I want you to to take like a, a minute or 45 seconds there about. Mm. Like if, if just picture that there's a girl mm. out there that is 19, that is going through what you've been through. Mm. What are you going to tell her? Okay. So let me just sum it to seven things I would say. To a 19-year-old who's about to be a, be a single mom, I would say first off, you will be okay. I know it doesn't look that way right now. You don't have it figured out in any way, but you will be okay. Like the the and the, the conviction for for you being okay doesn't come from you being able to see right now in front of you how all the pieces of the puzzle are gonna fit, but it's just in knowing that if you start off with the conviction first that you will that you will be okay it's going to happen it's only a matter of time and it's only a matter of the conviction armed with your willingness to mm-hmm. keep moving and keep pushing the, that's the only thing you need and of course the loving support of god 
I mean, not everybody believes in God. That's fine. But I will tell you for a fact, you will be okay if you arm yourself with that conviction. If you're willing to rise above what you currently see. And you trust in the unflinching support of our Heavenly Father, number one. Number two, I would say, while you make plans, mm -hmm. while you make plans for like short-term plans, middle-term plans, and long-term plans, take each day at a time. Because as, an, as a mother-to-be, there will be days where every, almost every day you'll be overwhelmed. Mm. And so if you're already overwhelmed in your mind, Mm. then your body will become overwhelmed and you will break down and you shut down. And knowing that that child counts on you for everything, you cannot afford to break down. So in as much as you're making plans, you're seeking counsel, take each day at a time. Number three, number three, I would say, prioritize your physical health. Mm -hmm. So even while I was pregnant, I knew, f I knew f that, th that my mental balance was to an extent tied with physical activity. I've always been an active person, like yeah. even from my days back in university, I've always been an active person. I've always lived a fit farm life. Mm -hmm. So prioritize your physical health because it is tied actively to your mental health. Mm -hmm. That would be number three. Number four, I would say do your best to eat clean because... Mm -hmm. You know, your baby is literally going to be, you know, the health of your baby to a large extent is dependent on what you put in. So take your meds and, you know, eat clean. Number five, I will say is uh, make peace. Mm. Make peace within yourself. Forgive yourself. For the first, I think that the only time I truly forgave myself was a few years after I had my child mm -hmm. and so for the first from the time from pregnancy up until the, the, my child being three years I walked about and around with resentment for my child's father resentment for family resentment for myself for saying chica how could you do this <laughs> like yeah. how could you sin in the worst way like how could you like you know yeah. like so many times I, I would, I looked at myself as being literally, like I would have those moments, I know I tried, I tried to push it to the recess of my mind, but I would look at myself as really scummy dross where I'm like, you know, yeah. and that, trust me, gets in the way of you achieving the things you're supposed to achieve. I learned this from a woman, a, a very elderly woman who just saw me someday and said, you have a bright light inside of you, but you need to let go. Mm. You need to let go of vile, resentment, hate, and guilt. Mm. This woman didn't know me. She literally just saw me passing. And she stopped me and said, you have a bright light inside of you, but you mm. need to let go. And she mentioned this four things. And I was looking at her. I'm like, I didn't understand what she was talking about. And that was a, but when I took time to reflect, I understood, I understood what she was saying. And the minute that I had that conversation, I literally had that conversation with myself. I talked myself into it, why it was not necessary to do that. And then I did a long session of prayer where I'm like, I need to strip myself off all of this. And I literally took a physical bath where I say with this bath, I strip myself 
of bile and hatred and resentment from that point onward i literally felt a shift in my mind and in the things around me the opportunities have begun to Open. come come in for me like this is this is this is is facts so when i say you know make peace and forgive yourself this is exactly what i mean number six you need a support system mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not going to say that you should expect tomorrow i think you should find your tribe you know it doesn't have to be too many people it could just yeah. be a few people who you know that over time have proven to be there for you and you are you are also you know doing the same because it's a two-way street you know regardless of how low you are regardless of your limited resources you can always lend a helping hand even within the confines of your situation it is always supposed to be a two-way street the minute that friendships begin to be one way then somebody feels shot shot like they might not they might not say to you but you don't even feel like the best version like you don't enjoy the best version of, of that friendship so be willing to be there for those people you expect to be there for you Maybe not okay. to the extent that, you know, it's not a competition, but yes. what, what I'm saying is find your tribe, you know, people who have shown over time that, you know, they are there for you and be there for them as well. I, I think that's 16 I've mentioned. Yeah. And then the last one, never lose your smile. Like never, I know it's hard. I know that there'll be things that would take, like literally bit by bit, tug away at your peace and joy and happiness. But I've, to be honest, one of the things I feel that has kept my zest and kept my shine is that I, to this day, I still laugh and play like a child. Right. Like I still consider myself, like I would, if you know me well, if you follow my social media, if you watch my WhatsApp stories, you see me in the, like I'm literally jumping all over the place. I, I have, I've said to myself that I will be a child till I die. Not, be, not in the sense of not being mature or anything, but being childlike at heart, yeah. never lose that. I feel like that's something that even your kids Mm-hmm. will be able to relate with yeah. and can be a good melting pot for you being able to mother your kid but also meet them at their point of need mm. so never lose your child likeness if there's anything like never lose your smile never like continue find a way not to lose your essence i i've always been that like i've always been that childlike person has always been me and i'm thankful that uh, till this day i found ways not to completely lose it even if i did at some point or to some extent Wow, yeah. wow, like that's packed, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, it is, Bruno. Yeah. You're going to inspire me to write this my book, this yeah. book that I have always talked about. And beyond all of beyond this, there's so much more. You know, people have stories. I'm sure yeah. if we had to sit down with you, <laughs> your story might not be similar to mine, but you have tons of intriguing stories. People have stories, Most and there, there's a reason why story matters. Stories matter, mm-hmm. stories matter because they take you into a world that you may or may not have been into Into, yeah you know and just show you the beauty of the human spirit Mm -hmm. shows you the dark part of you know it just gives you a full 360 yeah i i I, I totally get it and i I haven't done a lot of podcasts so far but like i i think for one I've, i've sort of been blessed that I have people like you around. Like, I've, I've had like four, <laughs> com- I've had like four conversations, and and these are like people that are close to me, yeah. and they are actually deeply insightful, and they are sincere at heart, mm. and they actually want to talk about it. And I know there are a lot of people that are willing to share their story, and I find myself learning a lot, and Absolutely. I get I get feedback from people that have listened to it, and and on different occasions this person will say oh this thing kind of like resonated with me wow. this I've, this is what i'm going through the other one other 
um, person told me a couple of days that oh like he listened to the last people couple I had a conversation with the guy was so sincere like most of the guys that listen to it like you know how the narrative around men and all that mm. so it kind of like helps them to express themselves outside that narrative wow. and they're like they picked up things that they would look to apply just because they heard somebody that Shared talked about his, his shortfalling sincerely from his heart with vulnerability i'm telling you and that is all i want to do like That's i just fun. want to get people to talk about their story from their heart because mm. i don't it won't transform everybody's life it won't change it for everybody mm. but they're like one or two sincere people out there that are actually going through a lot and they just need to hear this and if it's just that one person if it's just that one person in, in his or her time of need then you, that, have, then you have done your job <laughs> right i know i know uh, if if it's it, if we keep talking, we'll talk I know hours. time time would fail us literally. <laughs> so so let let's call let's call this. We'll, we'll definitely look over again and yes, and I have more interesting conversations because like I want to ask you so much. And I would love to have the calls. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Bring it on. I would definitely do <laughs> Thank so, you so much, Kika. Thank you, Chika, for, for your time. It, it was a pleasure. Yes, pleasure was all mine. All right. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>